attitude towards you is just shitty, dude. Listen, listen. wait. Welcome <laughs> to Church and Other Drugs. My name is Jed. Oh, my name is Bradford. Yeah, I love how you, like, you, you pause. Like, what else? Like, <laughs> Well, look, I'm on this new thing where I'm pretty sure I'm autistic. So oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, so if, it's, uh, if it seems awkward, just blame it on that, and I won't have to work on it. Jeez. That's... <laughs> So, all right, so I was thinking of, uh, do you remember the time I took that unknown hallucinogenic substance and made uh, our friends take me to the emergency room? Yeah, I do. I, I, well, before you tell me your side, did I, did because you didn't go to the hospital. This was like the most hellish experience of my life, because... All right, now I'm no. This is you're gonna bash that, but I'm no sissy. All right, it wasn't. Yeah, like I couldn't. No, you know. <laughs> shut up. You know I'm not though. You know it's true. I, I, I'm no sissy. So whatever I took, like, yeah. This this was after I had like. Just took five hits. Yeah, it, it, I don't know what it, they just dropped it on my hand and I licked it. I don't know what it was. Five hits. Yeah. Jet set the standard for everyone else who took this drug behind him. Just so you guys know, Don't we had a large quantity, and everyone also tried it. Okay, so just to start But I couldn't Jet wait. I couldn't wait. That was the thing. Jet starts with five hits by himself. I, I won't say anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, like, started puking, and I was like, oh, this is bad. And, like, the anxiety was just kicking in. I was like, this is just bad. This is bad. And I was like, look, you guys, like, either you take me to the hospital or, like, I'm calling an ambulance. And so they took me to the hospital because I was, like, in my head, I was like, I need IV benzodiazepines, like, <laughs> stat, like, yesterday. Like, this needs to go away. Yeah. And so uh -huh. I, go, I go to the counter, and... I go up to the, the triage nurse, and I thought, I this is what in my head, I said, ma'am, I've taken too much of a hallucinogenic substance. Can I, can I please see a doctor? What apparently happened was I got almost like three inches from her face, and I'm like, I'm, I took something. I don't know what it was. I need to. And she just goes, sir, I need you to back up. You're making me very uncomfortable. <laughs> so I sat there. Okay. So I, I sat there for a long time. They got me into the, they, where they ask you what's going on. And I, I told the lady, I was like, look, they, I drop her out this drug on my hand. I don't know what it was. And I licked it and now I'm on it. And they drug tested me. And of course, I was like, it's not going to come back as anything because I'm pretty sure it's a research chemical. And she was like, I'm, you know, are you sure it wasn't methamphetamine? <laughs> and I said, <laughs> I said, you don't lick meth off of your hand lady she's like because i'm pretty sure that's what this is and that's when i just started crying because I, I just i was like i needed help and i just burst into tears and she's like oh my god okay hold on hold on so they took well, me to the back can i just stop you she says you you say she, you don't lick meth off your hand and she says you don't know what i do yeah. all right <laughs> yeah. i lick meth wherever i want you're right okay? You're the one in here freaking out. Turns out she's, she's some some hard-ass nurse. She's like, yeah. oh, I do. Yeah, all right, I'm sorry. Go on. Um, so they take me to the back, and they they put a butterfly in my arm. So that's a, a giant fucking needle just chilling in my arm. And I'm like, okay, relief is about to come. And then all of a sudden, I hear these beepings, and the nurse just runs out of the room. And I'm like, oh, oh, no. So I'm just sitting there with this piece of, 
metal in the crook of my arm hurts like hell. And I see doctors walking past and like, I don't know how much time has passed, but then I start trip focusing on the metal inside of my body and that's just bad. And the next nurse that runs by, I go, excuse me, can you, can you like help me? And she walks in and she's like, oh, I'm sorry. The guy next to you is having a heart attack. He's probably going to die. What did you do? Take too many drugs? And I was like, I'm sorry. And so, dude, then, so, all right, tripping in an emergency room with a dude dying next to you, like, is bad. Like, bad, 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 bad. Uh, I can't believe they did that to you, Jed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, long story short, they gave me a script of Xanax and sent me home. Right. After a while. Uh, What were you going to say? Well, I mean, you know, after that, everyone else took it, and Mm -hmm. we had a great time. time. (laughs) I I took three hits, and... um, Let's just say it was very potent. I remember. What do you think it was? Yeah, I took it to, for with some with a girl that we know. Yeah. I remember I was very like things were getting very visually intense, dude. Like, it was just very intense, you know. Yeah. Like I was able to like cut reality in half, and like you know, basically like time was flowing. Like the music from the mute from the the band the the, the game rock band. So yeah. if you see the notes coming down, that's how I was perceiving time, and and it was weird. It was very weird. So I remember being in like this ecstatic state where I was like chopping up reality and spinning it around, and I look, <laughs> and I look over, and I said, "Where's my friend at?" I look over. So she's a girl about half my size. I look over, and she's cowering in the corner with her head like in the fetal oh. position. <laughs> I was like, Okay, how how you doing over there? Hey, are you okay? <laughs> perfect. I'm perfect. I was like, okay. It's a, See, um, yeah, imagine imagine that, that imagine that that intensity and and insert a human being dying. Right, and no feet techno from music. you. And no techno music <laughs> and a piece of yeah. metal jammed in your arm, dude. Look, it it fucking sucked, dude. You're you're, you're your attitude from the beginning. <laughs> I just I want to know what your your perfect end game for the scenario was. Well, it worked. I mean, I got it worked. Like and and I but, and, but like before the Benzos. Oh, hit, I don't. Yeah, like, yeah. Before. Like, all right, five hits. Check. All yeah, right. I don't know, dude. And, and it was it was we went to go get it, and everyone was like, "Look, we'll take it with you," but just literally in like 16 hours and i was like nope <laughs> in the hand right now gotta do it by myself i'll just I'll, you know I'll, I'll still be tripping by the time y'all take it like that sounds good right no i remember because i was gonna take it with you but i had to go to work yeah so like the whole time like you know you know i you know you you're like where's brad yeah. <laughs> if brad was here it would be okay it's probably it true be- though man <laughs> It's true. And then, of course, I come home and I'm like, oh, you went to the hospital? Yeah, what did... Yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah was that, that was like harsh that. reality when you, you used to be like my, my tripping buddy. And like, I remember one time I was tripping and you, I was like, man, as soon as Brad comes home, it's going to be so fun. And you fucking come home from like a double shift at work with like a case of beer. And you're just like, yeah. oh, you're tripping? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and just like started drinking. I was like, this well, is... Three this days isn't the Brad I knew. <laughs> Where did he go? Anyway, um, 
store and bought some amphetamines exactly. and alcohol. No, you know, I'm, I'm an adult out. now. I do horrible <laughs> drugs. Yeah, be responsible. Be responsible, dude. 12 to 14 beers back to back, okay? And just don't say too much. <laughs> no one um, want to hear about your dream vision. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, we, we got to get to this interview with Jack, a gentleman who used steroids in his adult film business. Not business, but he was a performer. Well, there was some business going on. Yeah, I guess. When I'm, you know when I'm down to my socks. Yeah. It's business time. Business time. What's up, Jack? Hey, not too much. How are you? <laughs> Good. The old uh, awkward ass beginnings. So uh, AJ introduced us. So you're in Florida. Yeah, definitely. It was like a, uh, I think a couple weeks before the hurricane. He um, he'd asked me to do this, and I said yes. And uh, and finally here we are after uh, a couple weeks of life being being put on hold. Yeah. How was the hurricane? I mean, it wasn't too, too crazy. We, um, I say to my girlfriend, she didn't lose power. And, um, you know, my place lost power. So I wasn't home for probably about like a week and a week. Um, a lot of people lost power. I mean, internet and cable didn't come back, I think, till last week. That was like maybe a two-week process. It's kind of frustrating. Yep. Um, You're in Fort Lauderdale? Yeah, but, Where are you all at? Uh, we're down in Miami. Miami, that's right. Yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah. And uh, the West Coast got hit a lot harder. I mean, you know, there's definitely... I mean, definitely some damage here, but, like, nothing too crazy. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Let's, let's let's spin your yarn, man. Lay your story on me. So I, I heard you've done drugs once or twice. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> man. <laughs> Where, um, I mean, I guess. No, what were you saying? No, no, go for it. Go for it. Uh, I guess we can, um, man, just start from the beginning. Or wherever you want to start, really. Yeah, we're we're talking recovery, right? Yeah, whatever, man. Really. So, because uh, I, I, what did um, AJ had I'd sent out a call for people that had like possibly mess with, mess with steroids, and he um, so your name came up, and then he said that also you were a, a drug addict and all that other good stuff. So I was like, well, let's just I just want to hear his story. Then he said you got a good one. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess we could start kind of from the beginning. Yeah. You know, kind of like talk, you know, they, they say it in, in the literature of the program on part of it in a general way, what it was like, what happened, what it's like now. Um, I was born in New England, uh, New London, Connecticut, to be exact. And so uh, life, you know, like I, I've been reflecting on this a little bit, like life growing up was like pretty damn good, you know, and um, I was adopted at a young age. Um, and, you know, in the kind of that whole realm, it, it starts as thing of feeling a little different you know I look different than my parents um you know like the whole nine yards you know what I mean and so you know like over time you know I'm like going through my youth and and uh I mean my main problem is really like I'm, I'm selfish and 
self-centered by nature. And so, you know, what that kind of looks like is like I've had experiences where that's been pointed out to me and I can't even like see it, you know, until like you don't know until you know right. kind of thing. Um, and, you know, like, you know, like you, my youth was really good. Like my parents were successful in business, um, you know, definitely worked hard and, you know, um, everything was provided for me. You know, I was involved in sports and, and I did pretty well in school. And, you know, if I look back to that period of my time, like if, if I could go back in time and do it with like a different mindset, like things would probably be pretty, pretty cool, you know? And so, yeah, I kind of like, I always think that, but like. I don't know. I think I, I say I would change it, but I also kind of like where I've ended up in a strange way. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, it, I mean, it's been good in a lot of ways with, with what you said. Um, I mean, just like perspective, like my perspective is different than what it was growing up. Oh yeah. For you sure. know, and I talk about that, like selfish self-centeredness and like really being able to form uh, a real connection with other people. You know, like my dad would tell me things like, uh, Jack, you're a legend in your own mind. Um, you know, I remember having, uh, this girl that was like attracted to me in like, I think it was like ninth grade or something. And she was like, Oh, Jack, you're never gonna have a girlfriend cause you're so selfish and, and, and things like that. And like, I, I didn't really like see past my face on it. And I remember it was kind of this feeling like you, like other people had something going on inside of them that allowed them to really get after it you know, in the world. And like, I was always yeah. trying to like capture that essence. Right. And like so, other people had motivation and drive to actually do something with their lives. No, not even that. It's just like you, other people had like something that allowed them to like fit in the world and like make it work. And like, I did, I felt out of place. Okay. You know, and, and really the evidence, like I was talking a little earlier, like the evidence, like suggested, like I was like well received, you know what I mean? Like I never, you know, like with those opportunities, like I, I was pretty good at sports. I was pretty good at school. Uh, you know, I wasn't like NBA or Harvard by any means. Um, but like, it, it was like an, you know, like, you know, people like wanted to be friends with me. Um, you know, girls were attracted to me. It wasn't ever like something that it, like I, I got in my own way. Right. Yeah. And, and I couldn't see it. Well, and I, so I, I noticed your tats. Were you into the New England hardcore scene at all? Uh, no, I mean, I think that, like, I, uh, you know what, like, Connecticut, like, hate breed. Yeah. <laughs> like, I remember, like, um, I got into a lot of different music, you know, I'm kind of more in, like, the metalcore stuff as far as rock goes. Yeah. You know, and, like, alternative and, like, heavy metal. Um, I think, like, the farthest I've gotten is, like, like, that new age, like, melodic hardcore shit, like, Bring Me the Horizon or, like, even kind of, like, more of that, like, the Atreyu stuff and... Yeah. You know, I was into that, For sure. um, but I never got like super into that. You know, I've like always had kind of an eclectic taste of music. Yeah, me too. Across the board. Um. So when did uh when did you start? What was like the first thing you did? Uh, drinking, right? So, like alcohol, in my family was you know there is maybe like one drug addict in my family that like drinks successfully now. He he went through like a, a heroin period, um kind of came out of that and like you know i was at a wedding with him a couple weeks ago and he can get like hammered and like have no problems really you know and yeah it's like really weird i've met Um, yeah i've met the occasional i i fucking can't (laughs) yeah you know i'm just like dude like lord knows i've tried i'm like what like i I just don't get it because you know he was the kind of person that like robbed my uncle blind 
Yeah. You know, when he was on a spree, it was just like a complete shit show and all sorts of crazy stuff. But like now, like he's successful and like I, I just don't get it, you know? Yeah. Um and I also have like an, an uncle on the other side of the family that definitely's got some things going on, but it's, it's kind of kept hush hush. Yeah. And uh, he's got some money too, so it's it's kind of like tough for him to like really hit a bottom. So yeah, kind of with those yeah. things being said, like drinking in my family was like always like cool. Um, you know, like trying beer as a young kid, I thought it was gross, and you know maybe a glass of wine around the holidays, and and, and never really got an effect by it. Um. But it was kind of one of those things where it was like, you know, you, you can't drink like we're drinking because you're not of legal age yet. Yeah. Or at least like I think maybe it was like 1920 where they were like, OK, like you can get hammered on Christmas if you want, you know. Yeah. Um. But like really what happened is I I transferred schools. I, I moved to a different area and I, I left all my old friends behind. My parents had sold their business and, um, you know, like we kind of went up and. and uh, my mother was taking care of some, fa- you know, older family members and, and they got out of like a, a certain industry that was, you know, like a certain tech industry that was like on the decline just mm-hmm. because things were advancing and, and whatever, and like franchising and different things. And so we did that. And I remember going to this new high school and, um, you know, that, like that talking about like, not like really feeling a part of and this and that, like I was starting to come into my own where I lived before and kind of like growing out of that in a way. And so now I'm thrown into a completely new atmosphere. And, um, you know, like I, I got involved, like as a uh, kid, I was a soccer player. I was like, you know, war American Eagle, uh, you know, really preppy. And that was kind of the group that was like, Oh, like you look like us and act like us. Let's, let's hang out. Um, and I remember going to a buddy's house the first time and they were all drinking, you know, they're like sneaking beers from the closet and this and that. And I was like, well, this is like kind of hairy. Like, you know, I was like definitely scared. Definitely didn't want to get involved in that. Like, yeah, a little too like concerned, a little too like uh, kind of goody two shoes in a way. That's, that's exactly how I was, too. That's funny. And um, so what had happened is like maybe like six months later, like I saw that like, you know, like having experience with alcohol, my family being cool and, and this and that and um maybe like six months later, I saw these kids cause I associated like at my, where I used to live was, you know, drinking and drugs and this and that. Like if you were doing that, you're a loser. And it was like some definite evidence that showed that like kids I knew that were like smoking pot were like definitely screwing up. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so to see these kids be able to like get grades and play sports and do that, I was like, maybe this isn't so bad. And, um, I definitely like, you know, struggle with like kind of fitting in again, even though I was well received and, like my neighbor, one of my neighbors, like part of the stoner crew. And like, I stayed away from that for a while. And like, I was kind of torn between these like two groups. Like I would like sit with like the preppy crowd and like the stoner crowd. It's like, Oh, come sit with us. Like, you know, in the morning at the lunch table kind of shit before like class started. Right. Or in the cafeteria. And then, you know, I'd sit with the stoner crew and the preppy crew's like, Oh, why don't you come hang out with us? And so I kind of got torn between these two groups and it really started with drinking. So I went to a buddy's house and I remember, you know, like saying, okay, drink is maybe not so bad. Let's see what this is all about. And, um, a couple guys on, on the sports teams, I reached out to them. They're older. They could get alcohol. And I had them buy me a bottle of, uh, strawberry Smirnoff. That's and nice. I was like, I'm going to bring this, bring this to the party, you know? And, um, 
I was driving at this point, I think I was like 15 or 16, I had like a permit or whatever. It was like 15 and a half or something. And whenever you can get your permit, you can drive. Um, so I went home and I got some pink lemonade and I brought this bottle to the party. And um, I like sat down at the table at kind of like this, like an island in the middle of the kitchen. Uh, my buddy's parents were out for the weekend and there's a bunch of people over. And, um, and I started just taking shots. And like chasing it with the pink lemonade and like another friend sitting next to me, he's like, dude, like maybe you should like slow down. I'm like, no, I got this, you know, and, and I had never like, I think maybe I'd like caught a buzz for like 30 minutes a couple times before, but like fell asleep right after. So I had like never really gotten drunk. And I remember like getting up after doing maybe like 12 shots in the course of like five, 10 minutes. And, uh, I went from like zero to drunk real quick yeah. and I'm like walking around like, oh shit, like this is like, like it happened like real fucking quick, you know? And, um, I remember like I fell down the basement stairs and they had like a little DJ booth down there and some like black lights and some like colored chalk that, you know, I was like, it was just super cool. And like, I remember walking back upstairs and I was like hammered at this point. And like, I sat on the couch and like, I got this effect, like all those like thoughts I had, like, not really, like, I felt like I was the man, you yeah. know? And like. And I was like super hammered and like, you know, like a girlfriend was like sitting across from me on the uh, couch and like I told her exactly what I had planned for her that night on the couch. Uh, that didn't go over so well, but I didn't care. Um, a couple other people from like a neighboring town showed up and like I was friends with them and then it was like comedy hour and like, you know, my father's a bit of a smart ass. So that came out, you know, and it's just like ripping on everybody and like just joking about everything and. You know, next thing I know, I'm, like, getting up because I'm, like, feeling, like, oh, shit. And, you know, I'm puking over, like, the fence into the pool. And then, like, next thing I know, it's, like, 6 in the morning. And, uh, you know, I'm, like, curled around the toilet. And I'm, like, up. And I'm still got, like, a buzz. And I'm, like, oh, shit. Like, what had happened? I, like, missed the whole party. You know what I mean? Or at least that's what I felt like. And um, what had happened is that same girl and the kids that I was, like, making fun of, like, took care of me. You know? Oh, nice. And I remember, like driving home i'm like i never want to do that again because the hangover sucked yeah um and i don't think i had touched alcohol maybe for like another year um shortly after that i remember i'd gotten stoned for the first time i went to another friend's birthday party and i was like you know like same kind of same crew it wasn't the stoner crew this time it, it was like the same crew and and they were like smoking weed and I remember, like, you know, it was, like, hard to get weed at that age. It wasn't, like, super hard, but, like, people were, like, not making money, you know? And, uh, like, you know, I had to steal it from their brother, like, you know, a few bucks they had. And so we're at this party, and, like, I remember, like, finally, like, people had a bunch of weed and were, like, passing around a joint. And I got, like, annihilated. You know, first time ever smoking. I remember, like, this, we were outside around a campfire and, like, you know, the, the sky, like the campfire went from like red and orange to like a black and white movie. And, uh, I'm starting to trip out and everything's going in slow motion for like the next five minutes. And, uh, I'm like laughing my ass off and then I'm getting hungry and I'm like, holy shit, you know? And, um, you know, and, and so I had like a pretty good time with it. But then again, what had happened was the next morning, my buddy's mom's driving me home. And I, like, I'm burnt out and I feel like shit. Yeah. 
you know, and, and so that was kind of the same thing I didn't smoke in for like another year. And, um, you know, like this kind of progression, like kind of what had happened is like, I, I mean, like, you know, as an alcoholic and a drug addict, I, I have like the disease of more. I'm like never happy with anything. Um, and I remember like, and I definitely have like a, a somewhat of like a sex problem, you know, in the sense that like, um, like I'll use like women as like a solution to like make me feel better. Yeah. Right. And, um, I remember like at that time, like, I, you know, it's like, you know, if I'm not inebriated, um, and without a solution, I'm like definitely feeling not a part of, and, you know, a little insecure, even though, like I said, the evidence to the contrary was the outside evidence was not the case, you know? And, um, I remember just like seeing these kids in school that were like drug dealers and like, you know, they had all the cool clothes and, uh, they were dating like the smoking hot cheerleaders and like I had some okay clothes and like, I definitely wasn't happy dating like the soccer chick. Like I wanted to have like the cool Timberlands and date like the national, like, you know, uh, cheerleading champion girls. Cause like, I'm just like never like content, yeah. you know? And I'm like, all right, so this is how, you know, I'm like a little bit entrepreneurial. I'm like, this house can go down. I'm going to sell drugs so I can be cool. Like these kids, so I can have the cool clothes and, Nowadays, it'd be like, so I can have like the, uh, the Porsche Panamera and, and, and date an Instagram model. Right. You know, I'm not cool with like, you know, the girl I meet at the gym or like, you know, the, the, the Chevy or whatever, you know? Um, and that's kind of how it looked as like a kid. And so I remember like, and then also seeing that like these same people were having fun with drugs and alcohol. And I started getting like a little bit of an itch to try it again after a year and, kind of like really just got caught up in that and you know i remember like smoking again drinking again and this time around it really had that hangover feeling that burnt out feeling because i i kind of like moderated it in a sense where i'm like i'm not, not going to repeat this last mistake you know yeah um and um and that kind of continued from like maybe like 17 to 23 but like it progressed you know like I definitely got carried away with the weed more than the alcohol. Um, you know, I remember getting like busted by my parents, like trying to hide it in high school. And, you know, I started catching resentments against them. You know, like I'm this like, this is bullshit. Like you guys drink, like mom used to smoke weed with her brothers when she was a kid. Like, why am I getting shit on for this? And, um, you know, I definitely got a lot sneakier. So definitely like didn't, you know, that was kind of like a little bit of a whirlwind that didn't allow me to enjoy my drinking and my smoking at the time. And when, did, so, so when did, uh, do you get into the heavier shit? That was like a, a progression, like six years. So really what it looked like was I started selling drugs that would bring me more income. A monkey can't sell bananas. I try it. And then anywhere from like six months to two years later, I'd get a problem with it. Right. right. So I crossed this like imaginary line with everything, but I was like the slow progressive type, you know? So I remember like my freshman year of college, my, another friend of mine who had graduated high school or he was still in high school or, or some, I, I forgot what the dynamic was, but he was selling cocaine. And, uh, I remember like showing up to a party, like, uh, coming back a weekend from college and uh, people were doing a bunch of coke in the basement. And my, my another buddy came upstairs like, here, try this. And I thought it was cool because then I started getting really talkative <laughs> and having a great time. And um, 
you know, I'm like, okay. And I hadn't touched it again. Same shit. Like didn't touch it again for like six months or a year or whatever it was. And I remember just like this kid was selling cocaine and like making a boatload of money. Like he was driving like a, a Lincoln navigator or whatever. And I was like, you know, it was like the same thing I, I mentioned about like selling the weed or whatever with the, and I'm like, all right, I can make a boatload of money on this. I'm in college now. And, um, I knew that like kids in college, you know, I went to school in Boston, you know, you get a lot of like rich kids from like Jersey and, and New York and, and California and, and wherever, you know, I went to a pretty expensive school on scholarships and different stuff and, and, and the merits that I had. And, um, these kids like came with money, yeah. you know, more, more than I was like accustomed to seeing in, in any respect. And they were willing just to like drop money on like drugs and alcohol, you know? And I started like, you know, you start partying with the frats and going out to different things. And eventually you run into certain crowds of people that are getting into that, you know, they're, they're getting coked out, they're getting hammered. And I was like, Oh wow, there's like definitely a market for what my buddy back home's doing up here. So I started like trafficking like cocaine, like across the state um, you know, to, to Boston and, and selling it to these kids. And, you know, and that's like, you know, I was starting to have problems in school because of the weed. Like I can't concentrate. I'm always stoned. You know what I mean? I'm getting lazy. So I'm starting to, starting to get problems now. And, um, and I'd gotten a DUI kind of a little bit of flashback my senior year of high school, which was like, you know, just like a bad look, you know what I mean? And, um, so things are starting to have problems. And then the next year, I got introduced, I don't know, like I'm a, I'm like a really good networker for good or for bad. You know, at that time it was more for bad. Um, and so I just like started going to like upperclassmen parties and like, you know, I'm like dishing out Coke and like bringing my buddies up for the weekend. And I remember like, I'm sitting in this room, like where my buddy, one of my buddies is like a maniac when he's drunk and he's running around the street in this like area of Boston where a lot of college kids are partying in these like uh, apartments and things asking people if they want to buy Coke. And I'm like, dude, like that's not like genius. You move. shouldn't be. Yeah, you should not be doing that, you know, and sure enough, he like got us in this house, you know, and these guys, guys like, yeah, I know some people looking and seem like some cool cats and they're, you know, drinking keg beer and, you know, doing shots. And, and we're sitting in this room, this bedroom, looked to be like a girl's bedroom. And like in walks like the nine of like the hottest girls I've ever seen in my life. And my, you know, my two buddies, uh, you know, Puerto Rican, uh, Rick and Polish Rick sitting to my left and my right. And, uh, we're just like hammered and on Coke and like, Oh my God, like this is, this is like, this is what we do this for. You know right. what I mean? And uh, and that was kind of, now this is like a slow progression. I'll try to speed it up a little bit. And so I get into that. I, I joined a fraternity the next year. Um, and uh, really the only reason I got in that fraternity because I was the Coke dealer. And uh, I lived with this like Haitian lesbian who sold <laughs> Coke. And like she had me fix a lock on her bedroom door because I'm, I'm a little handy. And uh, I remember before that, like, I so I made a key to her room because I knew she sold weed. Uh, of course. So I could sneak in and steal her weed, yeah. you know? And I remember, like, one day I snuck in to steal her weed, and, like, I, I she'd keep it under her bed, but this time she didn't. So I'm looking into, like, a, a big tote, and I find out that she has, like, a fucking ounce of cocaine in the tote. I'm like, no shit. Like, so I wait, like, a week or two weeks later. I'm like, hey, do you, like, know where I can find any of that? You know, like, pretending like I don't know. Yeah. And uh, she's like, oh, it's funny you ask because, you know, I happen to, to sell cocaine. And 
So this was like this year and a half relationship with her where she would like give me like an ounce a week and I would just like go crazy and sell a bunch of it. And so this progressed and I ended up like really failing out of school as a result of just like, you know, I'm having Coke problems. I'm doing Adderall with the Coke and, you know, marijuana and, 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 and like drinking and stuff and like this like combination throughout the week. And um, really what happens is like I fail out of school or they're like, we don't think you'll be able to like graduate based on your grade record. Like you could, should probably transfer, you know. And so I did that. And I went back home and, and I went to a local private school that I, that I was able to get into. And um, life kind of returned back to normal for a little bit. And uh, I got on Riddle and I thought I had a problem. Like I thought I had like ADD. And like the reality is I'm just like doing way too much cocaine and smoking weed to come off it. So obviously I can't like focus on shit. Yeah. And um, sure enough, I'm getting like great grades. I'm like back living with my parents. I have like a little bit of like a safety net. I'm not getting carried away. I'm working, going to school. And, you know, like this is kind of where it started taking off is. So I'm back home and I bring my buddy, one of my best friends from high school back to the airport. He had moved out west to live with his dad for a little bit um, because he had lived with his mother for like basically like until they divorced. Like he, he was with her for like maybe 13 years. So he wanted to spend some time with his dad. And uh, so I brought him back to the airport. And I knew that, like, his mom was, like, involved in shady shit, you know? But, like, it was, like, my best friend, like, one of my best friend's moms. And, like, they'd always kind of kept me insulated from it because I had, like, potential. And they didn't want to kind of see me going down this road. And his mom was, like, a, a big-time Oxycontin dealer. And that's kind of, like, the typical story of, like, you know, a middle-class, middle upper-middle-class white kid from, like, the Northeast. You know, whether you're in New Jersey or wherever you're from, you know, you, you get involved in the pain pills and then it yep. progresses. And so that's just my story. I'm like, all right, now I'm not in this college scene anymore. Or I'm going to, I'm not in this like city college scene. Um, everybody around here is getting banged up on Oxycontin. I'm just going to sell Oxycontin. And instead of Haitian lesbians giving me ounces of Coke, it was like her giving me like big, like grab bags of like Valiums, morphines and like Oxycodone pills, you know? And, um, same thing happened like took me about like a solid year before i started getting carried away with it you know like it started with the money maybe getting wrecked like once a month and then it just progressed you know and it got to a point where i kept shattering boundaries of what i said i do so like a year later i couldn't get anything it was like a year and a half later my buddy's like i can get heroin i'm like all right i'll sniff a bag of dope it's like the same shit yep. starting to get wrecked on that i'm never going to use a needle and then what had happened is like another year had passed and I'm like in school, I'm like doing okay. I'm like managing grades, managing to hold like a, a corporate job and this and that. And, uh, in the insurance industry, you know, with some like growth potential. And I remember I went to this like leadership conference in Washington DC for school. Cause I was like still in that Ritalin cocktail allowed me to like perform. Mm -hmm. And, um, I remember I got back and I and I stayed in Boston for because I took the train from Boston down. And I stayed in Boston at the same that same Haitian woman's place. You know this this girl I knew, and um, I'm like you know I'm not into the coke thing really anymore. And I'm like oh, you know can you get pills or anything? She's like oh no, but like my roommates get into that. And I asked them and like yeah well, we can get stuff but, like you know we can only get the other stuff right now. And I'm like oh what's that? And I'm like you know like they're get dope. And so I went with them and. The shit I got wasn't powder, and, and I, I like, never said I would use a needle. 
you know, and I remember just like being super against it and like super whatever. And, uh, they're shooting up in the front seat that, you know, I'm in the back seat of the car and like, I can't sniff this shit that they got. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not going to waste it. Just fucking hit me. And then it was like, that's, you know, within, yeah, within like seven months of that or six months of that in my first detox, you know, and, um, that was 2009. And so, um, that really is like what, you know, like nothing's ever good enough. I'm going to sell drugs cause I want to be cool and take the easy way out and like achieve this like ridiculous standard of living for it with not having to work for it. Um, and then I just start getting hooked on and like carried away with all the drugs. Right. Right. And, um, so then like I introduced like sobriety, I start going to detoxes. I went to my first treatment center and, uh, you know, stayed sober for a couple months and, and I'd struggled with, um, kind of like sobriety for up until like a little bit recently, like I'd pick up anywhere from like four months to like three years sober in the last, um, what's it? 2017 last eight years. Um, and in the last eight years I've been sober, like six, six and a half of them. Right. And so really what it came down to but is like, just like intermittently, like not consecutive. Yeah, like not yeah, intermittently, but like I go for a couple years and then go out for a couple months. That's so yeah, that's so that's interesting. Yeah, it's what, like so this, is that when um steroids entered the picture or Well, so yeah, in in a way, um we'll kind of talk about that that whole conundrum. It's I um so I I'm up north and I go to my first rehab, I stay sober for a couple months and, and I don't think I'm like, oh, like, my problem's heroin. Like, maybe I can drink successfully. You know, even though I'd gotten trouble on alcohol, I just like, all right, it's because I mixed it with other stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, the old, you know, I'm like, the old rationale. Yeah, rationing out. You know, and I remember my dad's like, maybe you got a problem with alcohol. And I'm like, no, <laughs> dad, I like, to, I like to do drugs, you know? Yeah. Like, really not something that's a good look to tell your dad. Um, and so I didn't really, like, think that that was, like, the issue and so I went out for like another year. I got sober for a few months in, in New Hampshire and, uh, you know, like things were kind of looking up and I went out for another year and, uh, and then I, I crash landed in South Florida in rehab in 2010. Um, which, which, burned everything. which rehab by the way, this was the Florida house. Okay. That's uh, it's a place in Deerfield beach. Um, it was a pretty good experience. It's actually called a Florida house experience, but it was actually like, uh, like, my first time ever in a treatment center. And I, I don't know if like in, on previous podcasts you talked about kind of the re, the treatment industry or oh, like yeah. South Florida is a little bit of a shit show. And oh, yeah, I was lucky to never have I've been, been like <laughs> I've been to like six in Florida alone. Yeah, not, not that's six. Like, I've been to four in Florida. And that's the deal. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's up. like I, I was lucky to never get like institutionalized or get caught up in the South Florida whirlwind. And and because I, I had the the opportunity a couple years back to to work in treatment for a couple months, kind of in between jobs with my career path, and it just like I, I didn't like realize that shit existed, like people bouncing back and forth with insurance plans and just getting caught up in this shit show, and it like was really like pretty eye opening because I I don't know like it, it just so worked out that it, that never happened to me, and um. So I crashed land in South Florida down in, uh, I think it's like the Broward Palm Beach County line. And, you know, I'd come off like a year being on methadone, abusing like Valiums and, uh, you know, shooting dope. And, um, 
uh, you know, at this time I'm 24 going on 25. Um, I somehow managed to graduate college when I was shooting dope, like right before my first detox, I managed to graduate college. It was just like half, half as decent timing. Um, and, and kind of like, I never really like lived sober. I never really kind of gone after everything. Cause I was just so focused on getting messed up, you know? And, you know, I like so many, like, you know, if I look back, like the opportunity to live in Boston and get good grades and network and, you know, like, never took advantage of it, you know? And so now I'm like dead sober. I'm like doing, doing, you know, doing some work in the programs and all that. And, uh, I'm like, I get all these like great ideas that like, like now I can do all the shit that I've never like really been able to. I can like, you know, go back to school for something I really want to do. Um, you know, I'm like down in like, it's like subtropical weather. Um, you know, I'd always been like an athlete. I was always into like going to the gym and stuff. I'm like, all right, I'll get in like great shape. Yeah. Like now I can like start like dating like a normal person again after like years of like just being a mess. Um, and you know, so like this kind of like world like opened up to me and you know, for me, like I have to be actively sponsored in the 12 step program or else I would make a lot of like crazy decisions, yeah. you know? Um, and so like, I really wasn't like I was doing work in these 12 step programs, but I wasn't like really getting super honest. You know, and, and the first go around, I was definitely doing some dishonest shit. Like I was st like stealing from a job and like all sorts of crazy shit. But I'm like, oh, I don't feel like drinking. Like, this is great. Like, this is OK, you know, and. um, And, and like kind of like what, what, you know, like I think the goal of the podcast was to like to talk about performance enhancing substances and steroids and sobriety. Right. And so gave you like a little I was kind of a little all over the place, but I gave you a little brief synopsis of growing up how I get addicted to drugs and alcohol, how I cross that, that imaginary line with everything, you know, like starting to get involved in recovery through, through detox and treatment center, um, you know, recognize I had a problem, this and that, you know, up through the age of 23. And, 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 um, so now I'm in South Florida and I leave this treatment center and I moved to Miami instead of going to like a, a treatment heavy place like Delray or Pompano beach. Um, you know, it was suggested to me by some texts like, oh, check out this, this. I went to a sober living, like check out the sober living in Miami. Solid dude runs it. You know, a guy was pretty sane at the time that ran it. Um, you know, and I, I'm like, I'm down in Miami and I'm like, where the fuck am I? Yeah. You know, cause like I'm, I'm walking around in northern it was like, Cuba. Yeah. It was like a culture shock. Like it just, it's crazy. Like you drive down the, you drive down the road in New England and like you'll see up on, and I noticed this shit like you'll see up on a billboard, like a, a dental ad with like a blonde girl, you know, smiling with blue eyes or their teeth down here. Like you you're driving down, you see the billboard, with the Latin girl smile. You know what I mean? Like everything is like the culture is so different. Everything yeah. is like marketed towards that. I mean, just where people come from is, you know, typically Latin America when you're in Miami, um, except for maybe some like the old school Miamians. Um, and so. I'm just like looking around and I'm like, you know, seeing like Ferraris and like Maseratis and crazy fucking cars everywhere, like smoking out girls that like blew any girl that I knew out of the water where I'm from. And, you know, like just like all this new development and everybody's like looking super good and, you know, money's getting thrown around and I'm like, this is nuts, you know? And I lived in Boston. I mean, I, I've seen, you know, I, I've grown up 
around a side of my family has money. I, I've lived in Boston. I've seen money there. And it's not, it's money's money, but just how they, how South Florida and particularly Miami, like, shows the money. Yeah, they flaunt it. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? It's like I'm north that you buy, like, a $10 million house and you got, like, a $30,000 car. Down there, it's, you got, like, a $2 million car and, like, a $300,000 house. Yeah. You know, it's just, like, kind of, like, you know, that's kind of an extreme way to put it, but it's just, just different, you know? And so I'm like getting caught up in, like, I'm pretty competitive and, uh, I'm definitely like selfish and I'm definitely, hold on a I'm definitely like selfish and, and I'm like seeing all this and I'm like, I gotta like step my game up, <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, I, I'm like in a position where I'm like dead broke uh, I'm like trying to rebuild my life and um, how did this even happen? I'm at the gym. I'm trying to think of like how it, okay. So th- this is what happened. Like I had always been interested in doing steroids because I remember a couple kids from back where I'm from. It's a, it's a thing up in the Northeast too, like Jersey shore and all that shit. Oh yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, it's, it's, it's kind of everywhere. Yeah. Um, but, but I knew a couple kids like this one kid I knew was like a skinny, like bean pole. And like two years later, like him and his buddy who, who ended up becoming a cop, are like jacked out of their minds. This kid's like busting out of his police uniform. The kid used to be like a skater kid. And I'm like, what the fuck is, you know? And I'm like, wow. <laughs> and I'm like, that looks like a cool look. And I, and it always like intrigued me, you know, cause I was into lifting weights in the sports, but I'm like, I, I shoot too much heroin to actually do this. It's yeah. like a waste of time and money. It's never going to happen. Yeah. And so I'm down there, I'm sober. I'm like, oh, I might as well give this a shot. And, um, I met some guy at the gym, this, uh, Cuban dude. And, he, he hooked me up with some shit and, um, and I started taking it. And another buddy I lived with at the sober living from Jersey, of course, he was doing it too. You know, excuse me, like kind of like a separate time. And, and I'm like, all right, I can try this out. And, you know, I did it and there were like no problems. You know what I mean? Like I definitely like gained some weight. Um, people noticed, but no one was like, are you on steroids? And did you feel better? Like. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, like I definitely because it's because it's like I wouldn't say it's a well, I guess I would say it's kind of a problem in in the recovery rooms, like people assuming that like it's not mood altering, but like I t- I, I, I tend to cry horse shit on that one. I, I would say it's subtle. Well, I yeah, wouldn't yeah, say yeah, that. Yeah. My 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 opinion. This is my opinion. I I don't think that. Cause I've talked to a lot of different people and like, I've been sponsored by a lot of different guys and like across that board, I just mentioned like some people think it's a relapse. Some people don't, you know, my opinion is an outside issue. I think that my opinion is that it doesn't affect you like drinking or drugging does where you get that instant. You like, you know that like yeah, you, yeah lose your connection with God or, or whatever you, you choose to call that. Absolutely. If you're involved in 12 step program, you don't really like that doesn't really happen. Like you're not getting like, you don't have a psychic change in your head, like for the worse. Well, um, I, well, and you could argue that just the, like, n- like the reason you're doing it is like a narcissistic, like self-worshipping motive. You know what I mean? Like it's not, if, if you, I imagine if you, break it down to 
I mean, people work out, I guess people work out for different reasons. I'm not going to speak for everybody, but you know, it's very easy to fall into the, like becoming obsessed with perfection of your body or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like we become obsessed with fucking everything and like working out is, is no different. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I, but, I think it's, it goes to the whole selfishness thing. Yes. Like ego. There we go. There we go. But, uh, but yeah, continue. Um, you had just got right, in so, things, things, it, it was fine. No problems at first. Yeah, it was fine. No problem. And okay. Now I remember how it starts. So I remember having these thoughts. I'm like, oh, maybe I could, I could try this out now, you know, watching other people a couple of years ago when I was a little younger in my early twenties, you know, try this out, get in like really good shape. And I was also involved in a line of work where it was actually going to help me. Um, I, funny story. I did adult films for a few years and, um, yeah, that was the be, other interesting thing. So yeah, you were doing this in sobriety in South Florida. It, absolutely. How did how did you do that sober? I mean, I guess no. Well, yeah, just how did you like? What was that like? Were you the only fucking sober person you had to have been? Well, yeah. Well, here's the thing: is like a lot of a lot of gay gentlemen will do that. Have done that sober. Really? I think I was the only straight guy that I knew that did it sober. Yeah. And like, really, what had happened was. I remember a couple of kids I lived with, like, well, here's the thing. Like I, <clears throat> yeah. How did that conversation parents, start? So I got, so like, I was always curious about like porn and different stuff. Cause my parents were involved in, in, in a sector of the entertainment industry. It wasn't porn, but I remember like they would get a lot of different, um, videos and different stuff in the eighties and nineties from different genres. And I remember like they, <laughs> You know what they did for work that they had a section of that for adult videos their business and they also remember find them in the house you know my parents would go to they would go to different conferences for entertainment they go to like wwe uh they'd go to like action movie conferences they'd go to adult video knock uh awards like they were all over because just they were involved in the whole entertainment realm right 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 <clears throat> and so like that kind of intrigued me as a kid and you know, I'm like pretty, I'm like definitely, uh, I'm, I'm a sociable person. I'm definitely get along well with others, but I'm a thinker too. And I remember like thinking like back in the day, like it would be cool. Like, you know, watching porn as a kid, I'm like, oh, are you getting a little fuzz? Yeah. Ooh, there right, we go. Good. Um, I was just like, I don't know how this, I'm like, it would be like really, I think I was just high in Coke one day and I was like, oh, it'd be really cool to like, <clears throat> you know, do porn. I think every guy, oh, yeah, every guy at some point drug, yeah, has thought about it. Drug addict or not, you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe and you're so, right. And they're like, oh, it'd be super well, cool to get the bang. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway. <laughs> you, get the, <laughs> you get the bang hot chicks, blah, blah, blah. And, and so I'm in, kind of was like this like perfect story. I'm like, I'm in Miami. I knew that Miami was number two in the United States and probably the world for adult video production. South Florida in general, like Fort Lauderdale, Miami, number two to like um, California, San Fernando Valley and, yeah. and all that all in California. And, you know, Las Vegas, I think is like number three and maybe like Europe is number four or some shit, whatever. And so <clears throat> um, a couple of kids I lived with, one kid got this bright idea. He was going to be the next big porn agent. And, um, I was like, dude, you're, 
And like at that time, I was like pretty fresh down in, in South Florida. I'm like, dude, you're like full of shit. Like, like that's just so. And he was this kid would lie out his ass and tell like crazy stories, you know. And I'm like, whatever, dude. And so happens he got another kid I live with in the sober living involved, and they did a site called College Rules, which is kind of like somewhat known or whatever. Uh, and, and it's produced by some of the, like, it's kind of like a subsidiary company of bang bros and, uh, that's produced by. Right. And, um, so I'm like, I'm like, you guys are definitely full of shit. You're not doing any porn. I was like, no one's And sure enough, this kid actually did one and he's like banging two girls and this kid's kind of like a bird. You know what I mean? Like he was a good kid, but I'm like, yo, if this dude's doing porn, there's like no way in hell I can't do porn, <laughs> you know? And like, it gets kind of the gears turning. I'm like, yo, this would be like really cool. Like I'm in South Florida. These production studios are literally like within like five or 10 miles of me. I'm like, I can somehow, you know, and I'm like driving at this point. I'm like, I can some, you know, I'm, I'm a fucking clever dude. Like if I want something, I'll figure out a way to get it, even if it's going to kill me, mm-hmm. you know? So <clears throat> I, uh, I started reaching out, like I got a number from him or some other guy that knew him and I started reaching out and I ended up getting this agent and uh, it took me probably eight months from when I started, I started reaching out in April and I got my first shoot in December. And um, this agent was like, dude, you got to like lose some weight. You know, like I wasn't like, um, like out of shape, but I wasn't like shredded or anything, you know, yeah. it, it didn't really, I don't think it really mattered so much in the industry. I was like 25 at the time and, so I'm like, all right, I started running this and that. And uh, I'm like, what's going to help me with that? And, and so all these ideas come to like, I'll start doing steroids. So I had my first shoot, knocked it out of the park. You know, I got a hold of like some Viagra. So I took a little bit of that, fucking murdered the shoot. It was like a bang bus scene. And then I got like another shoot like the day after. Fucking, it was like, there's a, it was like really weird. Like it, this actually kind of builds character. There was probably like 20, 20- in the room watching me because they were like extras and it was like three of us guys that look like college age kids like I, I mean i have a beard now but like if i shave like people are like dude you're you must be like 27 yeah and i'm like 31 going on 32 you know so when i'm like 25 i'm looking like i'm 21 um and so you know i could fit that role i had like way less tattoos at that time and most of them are easily coverable and uh so they started casting me for, you know, this like college stuff and like MILF stuff. And and so like I like did well, right? And and so then I'm like working at a, a nightclub, um, doing security and they're doing like an adult video conference event there, some like mar- some SEO marketing stuff for, for some of the executives and a couple producers walk in that like I recognize just from reading articles or just like knowing, you know what I mean? And like, I'm chatting with them and I get their numbers and it starts this whole thing. And, you know, that goes on like, as like a moonlight thing for the next like four or five years with like, you know, like some, like some success, a lot of opportunities and you know, whatever. And so the steroids come in the picture because now, um, I had this curiosity about them. Now I'm on them. Now, like I look way better. Or like more jacked. I, I'm like a little bit more ripped. My libido's through the roof. Um, you know, every everything about you know like sex is like uh, I'm on steroids. You know, yeah. they, they joke. Yeah, it's like oh that 
that's like a Corvette on steroids or something. You know what I mean? Like it, it just, I could perform the whole nine yards. Right. And so I'd done that for a while and, you know, I'd done my research too for probably a good six months and I'd gotten off like, no, nope. I'm like, I've been on for like four and a half, five months, probably time to get off. This is what's recommended. So you don't fuck yourself up. And so I'd gotten off of it and, uh, you know, I like a little bit of like aggression, you know, I was taking some stuff to get off of it and I like a little bit of aggression, nothing too crazy. And, uh, and, and then like things kind of went back to normal, you know? And, uh, and so I was off it and then maybe four months later and then there was like a lull in the adult video thing. And then like I started getting better jobs. Now I'm like back and I'd been back in school for six months going, going to what I wanted to, to really be involved in for a career path. And now I'm working in uh, hospitality cause I'm making great money and I'm able to go to school and then, like, it's kind of like I'm getting caught up into the whole, like, Miami thing at this point. I'm, like, making way better money, you know, uh, dating college girls. Um, and then so, you know, and I'm, like, doing, like, maybe, like, a video, like, once a month. And I'm, like, still kind of relevant in names. And so then they call me back. Uh, you know, then, like, things amp up. And this is, like, end of 2012. And um, they're, like... I like I was like referenced by some guys. Oh, you should call this guy. And then I'm like doing and then they're calling me and they're like want me to do like four shoots a week. It went from like one every month, every other month to like four shoots a week. And I'm working full time in school, part time doing this. And my life's getting like crazy. And I'm like, all right, like I think I should probably get back on steroids and make this happen. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And and so I do. And sure enough, like, you know, we, we go back to recovery. I'm like not being actively sponsored. I'm like getting crazy. I'm spending money crazy. I'm just getting like frazzled. You know, I just got way too much going on. I'm burning out. You know what I mean? And something's got to give. And really what it came down to is like, I, I, you know, it was like my sobriety. Like I'm out I'm seeing this girl and, and like I'm acting like a man whore and like dating a bunch of different girls. I'm not giving this girl attention. I'm copping resentments because she's pulling away. And I'm out at this Halloween party with her. And she's like helping me with like costume and they're drinking. And like I don't drink. You know what I mean? Because I, you know, like it's none too smart for me to drink. Right. And so and I've been sober for like two years at this point and uh, or, you know, or whatever, without without drugs and alcohol. And uh, I'm on steroids and this shit. And and like, uh, you know, they're doing vodka. And I'm like, yeah, like one thought pops in my head. Like I should probably like leave now and say something's come up or number two. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like I yeah. had a couple like art ideas went through my head. And I look at her and she's like this smoking hot Puerto Rican chick. And I'm just like, yo, like, fuck it. Like, maybe I should do a shot. You know, like, I'm in South Florida and nothing's going to happen to me. Like, if I get drunk, I'm probably going to be able to hook up with her. And, and like, I drink, you know. And, like, you know, a week later, I'm fucking eating Xanax and snorting dope and smoking crack wondering the fuck how it happened. Yep. You know, and, and it's like, and, and like soon enough, like I, I found, every, you know, like I never gotten drugs in South Florida, never drank in South Florida. And like within a week, like I'm in the dope hole, I found out I had like a healthy buzz from alcohol, willing to run, run up to any corner boy around. And, uh, and so now kind of going back to the steroids thing is that now like the adult video thing is kind of like a main drive of why I'm doing them. You right. know what I mean? Um, 
it's 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 rationalized why I should be doing them, you know. And I remember like I'm getting sober again. I lost some weight, and I'm like, all right, this is how I'm gonna get my weight back. They want me to do videos. I'm gonna get back on steroids. And I got back on for like ten months, like eleven months, like some crazy fucking period yeah, of time. A long time. Yeah, and I was like looking retarded, <clears throat> you know, like not, not like people were just like, dude, you're you're on steroids, you know. Yeah. And, you're not um, fooling anyone. And really what, what that comes down to is like at this point, it's just like, it's just this like ego feeding. Like, yeah, I've seen guys in sobriety like handle them and not drink. You know, like for me, like, do I, do I believe it's a relapse? No. Can it lead to a relapse? And it has for me. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like this thing where it's like, you get this like subtle shift of like, you know, um, the program didn't do this for me. I did this for me in yeah. all areas of life. So you get this it, like it's the mindset sense. behind it. Yeah, you get this like ego and this confidence. Like you can, you're feeling better. You can function on less sleep. Your mind's a little sharper in school and at work. I mean, there's all these like health benefits. You know, that's why they give it to. You know, I, I think it's definitely appropriate for like an older guy who has low testosterone levels. Right. It's got his, you know, because it's going to improve his quality of life. You know, yeah. and. And and so like now I'm using it when I don't like need it because I'm trying to like perform at this higher level and I'm like sucked in this Miami thing and it's not even a porn thing because I left that behind like a couple years ago or whatever. But it's it just now I'm like in this like Miami mindset like all right like I got to like fucking work like 70 hours a week while doing school while trying to land an Instagram model, while trying to, like, get in the fucking uh, M6 BMW, like, I got to, like, keep up with the Joneses, and, like, you know, steroids is, like, one part of that equation where, like, I can, like, compete and fit in with, like, the culture around me, even though that's not, like, that might be, like, a, a, a significant chunk of South Florida culture, but it's not the majority. Right. You know, and right. I'm like caught up in this whole like ego feeding thing and thinking that like, okay, like I- I'm doing this. That means that like I can get all the girls at school and like I can stay up till three in the morning and study and, you know, and all this shit. And it just like feeds into that whole thing, you know? And then you're like seeing results too. And you're like, and then you try doing it when you get off and the results don't come anywhere near as easy. Mm-hmm. You know, cause like, you know, I've done it. Uh, you know, I've like worked out not on steroids and I'm sitting there, you know, carb cycling and eating healthy and like, you know, doing morning cardio, jumping rope after the gym. And it's just not like you're just, you know, what I mean, it's just not the same. Like you're not going to it's not a shortcut. Yeah. But it's also a lot harder to maintain and, and achieve. And, you know, if you look at social media and all this shit, all those people that like look super shredded and they're all about like, yeah, like I do like fasted cardio like five days a week and like I take my BCAAs and like they look like they're like straight out of a magazine. Like I'm willing to put like all my money that like nine out of 10 of them run steroids. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and so they contribute to this culture too. Now you got like, you know, like I, I was young when Facebook first come out. Now, now you have Instagram and Snapchat and Twitter and Facebook and Vine and all this other bullshit that's coming around that like now this is all in your face like these this not like reality of yeah. what you're doing and then yeah. even with the adult thing too like uh I look way better on the girls and I look way better on camera than I do in real life and they do in real life 
Because yeah. then you're playing with movie magic. Yep. You know, like the the uh, the white scale or whatever they do. The yeah, and it's setting up like generations of kids with these completely false ideas of like unrealistic expectations. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's like I grew up watching like Conan the Barbarian and reading Marvel comics, and I'm seeing these like yeah. ridiculous physiques and stuff. A lot of them were like drawn. Or, or you're seeing like a dude like Arnold or like uh, Sylvester Stallone who's like clearly on the juice. Yeah. And you think that's like a normal thing you can achieve, yep. you know? And, and I'm sitting there like watching porn growing up and then I'm in it and I'm like, this girl is like not that hot. Like I, this is like, what the fuck? And then I, and then I'll like go watch a video, which is kind of weird. Like I'll watch one of my videos and see the same girl. And I'm like, she's smoking hot. But then I remember like, no, you weren't that hot in person. You no, just look yeah. better. Because of like the shit they did. Well, so, to, so, like, give, the video. <clears throat> so give us a uh, so where are you at now? Give us a little uh, as we're winding down. Give us a little uh, what your life's like now. Uh, a lot of it's like you know, like I'm I'm on a career path in uh, an industry that I that I found out that I liked like three years ago. You know, like I went back to school to be in medical school. Oh, nice. And, now it's like I'm I'm in a completely different educational path. I think is like great, and it's just like a lot of like development stuff that's going on with construction and engineering. And I like never thought that like that would ever happen. You know, I had a guy give me an opportunity. Um, I'm like reevaluating, kind of like my priority. So I'd gotten sober again like pretty recently. So what had happened was, um, I like, like was you know had stayed sober for three years. And like, I got a lot of cash and prizes like in the last year of that. And, um, you know, I'm like, finally, like, you know, like I deserve this, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, I like kind of did the same at this point. I'm like, you know what? Like, okay now, like, so I talked about all those things that kind of got me caught up when I first moved to Miami and I got to a point where I'm actually like in that. You know, like I wasn't like sh- like struggling to achieve that, like this ridiculous standard of living. Like I had actually like achieved a level where I was like, wait, now like I'm on that level that I always wanted to be at. And I just started making a lot of foolish decisions. And like I thought like, oh, like for instance, I'm talking about steroids, like maybe I should get back on because now I have money and I'm killing it and careers like bang and I'm like traveling this and that. And I'm like, all right, like, you know. Like what's missing in my life, and I had stopped doing porn like a while ago, long time. Well, for me, it feels like a long time ago, a couple of years, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna like land like the smoking hot. Like that's the only thing missing from my life was like, a, uh, a, in my opinion, or like at my view at that point was like, a woman that like the next level woman that I wanted to like date long term, and I'm like, all right you know, making this money, this and that. I'm like, let's do steroids. I'm going to like start sliding into like direct messages on Instagram, you know, to these like smoke shows. Cause like I'm at this certain level where I, th- you know, it's fucking bullshit. And like, I'm out with this like 21 year old with a manufactured body and, uh, we're bowling and like, she's jumping all over on top of me trying to like feed me beer. And like, I took a drink, like knowing that, like, I've done this like twice before. Yeah. Not a smart move. And, and what had happened is like, I fucking like burned this career to the ground or not, didn't burn the career path to the ground, but like burn this opportunity to the ground and like put myself into debt and like had like a bunch of more like financial and kind of emotional consequences, you know? And, uh, and I got sobering in a few months back and where I'm at now is like, 
the career path still intact. And it's just like this rebuilding phase. And it's just like reevaluating like what's important to me in my life. Right. Like I'm 31 going on 32. I'm not like 24 going on 25 anymore. Like I'm trying, it's just like, what's age appropriate? Like what's healthy? Like we, 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 we've gone through the steroid phase where I've seen other guys handle it. Non-alcoholics and drug addicts seem to be able to handle it fine. You know, that doesn't mean that like they're not going to get arrested for assault or like do crazy shit. But, you know, like I can't do this shit without putting me in the risk of taking a drink or a drug again. Cause really yeah. what's happening is feeding my ego. Right. And so like where I'm at, just like reevaluating, like, you know, just like making sure like I'm getting honest, you know, like a sponsor about this kind of stuff. Cause I've had those thoughts coming back, you know, like, all right, I'm like 30 pounds underweight. Like I was like 210 pounds, like shredded. I'm getting sober again. I'm like a buck 75 looking like a skeleton. And I'm like, which doesn't sound like, you know, a skeleton's weight, but yeah, you know, I, I like you, I, 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 I hold a certain amount of weight naturally that like people are like, dude, you, you don't look good, you know, like not healthy, you know, and it's just like, you know, all right, let's like get healthy and fit, but not like, let's not like do crazy shit. Let's like, you know, what, what's important to me? Like, do I want like the Instagram model or like a loving, caring girlfriend that's like not, you know what I mean? It's just yeah, like reevaluating, exactly. like being a mature adult and like, not buying into the bullshit you see on South Beach, on Brickell, you know, some parts of like Los Olas and Fort Lauderdale, you know, Clematis over in Palm Beach. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, like what? So that that's where I'm at now just is growing to being like, all right, a mature adult in his 30s, you know, like, you know, self-worth and confidence where I'm not like looking for these like the car that defines me what I look like that defines me. It's like, let's, let's like buckle down and like work towards something and, and look at starting a family and, and getting married at some point and that kind of stuff, you know? Well, cool, man. Thanks for coming on and telling your story, bro. I appreciate it for real. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we'll, I'll have to keep in touch, man, through AJ and, uh, check back up on you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's been good. What would it take to gain acceptance To the grounds behind your eyes You know I'm open to suggestions The one you made we never tried You let it slip right out from under Your breath and it rolled around my head So that was a great was interview, wasn't it, buddy? Yes. What was your favorite part? I like the part where, um, uh, the part about when he was, uh, he was in the video, you know, and he was, he was like, do it to me, do it. And, and I was like, oh, it's about to go down, right? And, uh, and he was, he Fair. was actually talking about, um, <laughs> the steroids and it wasn't even about the sex anymore and it was like wow you know it was powerful that's changed my I'll life. give you a b on that b minus b, b minus like 86 b minus 86. okay so i <clears throat> one more before before I didn't know astronauts were allowed to take steroids <laughs> <laughs> that's so i'm enlightened you know
Um, this is how you get the, people to go back and listen to the whole thing. You get so. At what point did Walt Disney become a porn star? I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish it was longer. You know. Yeah. Dude, the last uh, the last tripping story. I actually wrote this one down in my notes because I I just thought it was so funny. Uh, was when I th- you might have been there, but I. I it might have been just me and, and um, our buddy Jake, but we had taken some mushrooms at his apartment, and we put on Spaceballs. Were you there for that? No. Okay. Maybe. So we were uh, watching Spaceballs, and if you know anything about mushrooms, it, it, whatever you're watching, like you're, you are that. You are into it. And it got to the part where Pizza the Hut uh, was talking to Lone Star, and he was like, now, Lone Star, you owe me a million space bucks. And I remember, like, I go, <gasps> and I went, I turned to Jake and I said, a million space bucks? That's so many. Like, he'll never be able to do that. And I, was, I just had this, like, super genuine concern that Lone Star would never be able to pay off Pizza the Hut. Wow. You're a yeah. total empath, dude. I, like I, you know, you know, I am though. By the way, yeah, I feel like I would have been most relating to the Pizza the Hut character. <laughs> I'm trying to extort. <laughs> I'd be the guy like, yeah, I'm sitting next to you like, yeah, Jed, a million. Yeah. You'll never get that, or I'm gonna kill you, dude. <laughs> the guy, I'm the bad guy in that situation. Oh man, um, and Jake, and Jake would have been the dog. Oh, Jack- d- oh, <laughs> poor John Candy. Yeah, I know. Way to go. Way to, man, way to bring that bad. Oh, this is the other thing. So, tell me if this phenomenon has ever occurred to you. Does it piss you off when you walk into a men's bathroom? Okay, you with me? Yes, I have walked, yes. I've you, done you, let's say, we're not talking about number two. Let's say you just, you just make tinkles. Okay. <laughs> All right? And <laughs> there's, say there's one other person in the bathroom with you. And that son of a bitch decides to be all high and mighty and wash his hands. So now you are obligated to wash your hands or else you look like a freak of nature. But you know in your head that dude would not have washed his hands if you weren't in there. And it's like, man, why can't we just get on the same page about this, what dude? up with, you know, these people setting the bar? You know, so you, like know you know exactly up. what I'm talking about, though. Like, dude, I go number twos sometimes, and I don't even wash my hands. And, and you, I know I need to wash them. And you work it's, at a restaurant. I work, look, I just want to say that I work in an unnamed restaurant, and it's common practice to make tinkles <laughs> and go number two without any hands being washed. Yeah, this, all right, I also all right. saw a guy picking his face on the line right before he made my kid's, um, my kid's shrimp boat. Yeah. It was delicious. Ew. Yeah, that's. I, I have to break it. Whenever someone finds a hair, or if I'm eating with someone that's never worked in a restaurant and they find a hair in their food, I have to break the news to them that, like, kitchens are the most disgusting places in the world. Across the board, every kitchen is disgusting. Yeah, it's the least of their worries is the hair. The least of their you should yeah. be happy you got a hair. Yeah, <laughs> like okay. it's you the shit you can't see. see that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can disarm your food. You can take that hair out. You can't like take out the sweat or like whatever <laughs> else. Sudden tears. Yeah, there's people crying back there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your salami sandwich. Look, I've seen it all, bro. Yeah, we- <laughs> it's true. 
This guy the worst, just the, the worst thing I've done is like I, I dropped a piece of raw chicken on the ground and then just like picked it back up and look, everything you do in your house when you cook is like multiply that times ten and that's what's put going that down. on an industrial scale and then okay. like put in some cooks that are work release from prison and like <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah so it gets more. Uh, it's getting off the rails, dude. It is. Send me an email, churchandotherdrugs.com. Follow us on Twitter at capital C-O, their drugs. Um, please support us on Patreon. Uh, I've got a whole bonus episode from Chris from Dopey and Daniel from Released Into Captivity. Uh, so y'all will want to hear that one. Um, just a dollar gets you all the bonus content. And... Thinking about making a t-shirt run soon. If y'all have interest in that, please let me know. Um, you can also get into our Facebook group if you join the Patreon. So, Brad, uh, give us give us a benediction. Go in peace, man. Like we don't have to, you know, we don't have to fight. Okay, let's just just let's love another, love one another, and just uh, you know, it's gonna be all right. I promise you that much. Oh, that's, that's real sweet. I'm trying, you know.